Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse, now in podcast form. I'm your normal host, Luke, and this week we have a special guest host since Devin is up in Minnesota right now adjusting and we were not able to get on the same page with the series that we're covering this week, Mutant X. So I'll introduce you to J.R., co-host for the week. Hello! Pleasure to uh, be on the podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, Jay listens off and on, and also he is the DM in the Pathfinder campaign that I've been in. Yeah, I I try. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, how much do you know about comic books and that sort of thing? Uh, They are uh, visual in nature. You... uh, most often read them as well as uh, comprehend the pictures that are on the page. I don't read very many comic books. <laughs> that uh, is fine. <laughs> I certainly hope so, because otherwise, what am I doing here? <laughs> You're certainly not giving me a uh, workaround for the episode I recorded all on myself. That is very, very lonely. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I'm also not a figment of your imagination. Or, and you're also not me doing a really good impression. Most of my impressions go to Steve <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> we can prove because we're talking at the same time. That's either a very fancy audio trick or uh, hallucinations. Well, it's even more amazing because you and I have both taken drinks during this podcast while the other one has been talking. <laughs> yes, and my hand is up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's for other reasons. <laughs> Cursing's fine, right? Yes. I've heard it. Yes. Good. I'm too lazy to cut out cursing. It's the awkward pauses and awkward pauses. <laughs> is that because I just moved my hand a little bit? No. Sorry if it's cold. Okay. No, that is fine. So uh, this week we are covering Mutant X, and the premise of the series is uh, there's Alex Summers, who is the brother of Scott Summers' Cyclops. Uh, Havoc. That's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, and so normally uh, Scott and uh, Alex both escape the plane crash that their parents are in, where it's not really a plane crash. Their parents got abducted and a whole bunch of other weird stuff happened. What? Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's a third Summers brother who becomes a space emperor because he's evil, and uh, his dad becomes a space pirate and has space sex with a whole bunch of people. Hmm. Like, he's a space... uh, Swinger. Ah, well, good for him. He is amazing. Okay. And his mom's normal dead. No, yeah, his mom gave birth, dies in birth, and she was impregnated by an evil space lord. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So the series Mutant X was mostly written by Howard Mackey, and weirdly there's not really a continuous uh, penciler to credit, but uh, Andrew Papoy, who was the inker for almost all of the issues here, was the standard, and so even though there's like differences between some of the art and the issues, like it all feels like his art, unless he, or it all has a very distinctive style, unless he's not inking it. I choose to believe you. Uh, I've got the sacks here, so if you want to thumb through, you nope. can... Uh... I'm convinced. <laughs> uh, yeah, the series started in October of 1998. And it takes place on Earth 1298. Which one's that? It's Earth 1298. I <laughs> oh, mean, okay. Yeah, let's not get into a whole discussion on how flawed the uh, numbering of uh, universes is. Yeah, someone can make a whole podcast about that. I know. <laughs> that will be a very, very boring episode unless I can find, like, a scientist. 
Uh, yeah. So Havoc had been on a team, X Factor, one of the guys went crazy and replaced <coughs> him in time. Okay. And so his consciousness went into the Havoc of another universe. Complicated. And it happened as that Havoc had been tossed into a into like a lake uh, by a sentinel. You know what the sentinels are. Yeah. 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 Killer hunt mutants. Big robots. Yeah. And uh, these Sentinels are being uh, controlled by Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. who are, unlike the normal universe, they're not good guys. They're pretty much Nazis who and are afraid of superhumans. That's bad. Yes. Okay. And so Havoc gets pulled out, and he's introduced to the Six. Quick question. Yes. How, how did Havoc... Go from the universe he was in to the new body in the new universe. Weird things. Okay. <laughs> Good enough. Yes. It's comics. All you need to know is that it happened. Yeah. How it happened is... Unimportant? <laughs> for now, for now. Okay. And so we find out that in this universe, Havoc was the only survivor of a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Scott is dead. And Havoc instead filled his role. So he was one of the founding X-Men. Uh, when Professor Xavier ended up leaving, he trusted the team to Magneto. And Havoc ended up leaving, founded X-Factor, which was a semi-government organization. Uh, he met Madeline Pryor, who is a bunch of confusing things. What you really need to know is that she is a clone of Jean Grey. Okay. And she and Havoc had a son named Scotty. Okay. In this universe. And uh, eventually she got corrupted by demons, but the love of her husband and son brought her back. But that demonic persona was called the Goblin Queen. Okay. Okay. Normal. So, yeah. Every well, no, no, in day-to-day this universe, stuff. In this universe. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, so she has telekinetic powers, and she's the co-leader along with Havoc. Okay. Uh, you know Storm? Yes. So in this, in, normally in comics, she runs into Dracula. Dracula is really into her because, like, every supervillain is attracted to Storm. Okay. Like, there's a whole, like, arc of X-Men where every supervillain tries to kidnap her, and then they let her go because they're like, oh, yeah, I just really love you, so. Question. Yeah. Is arc a lightning pun? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so th- this is a common thing for supervillains, specifically Dracula. Or, uh, for example, Dracula. Yeah, uh, okay. Doctor Doom also had it happen. Uh, in this universe, Storm uh, ended up becoming a full vampire. And okay. I'll let you finish your drink so you don't end up spurting. <laughs> uh, expensive now that she equipment. Now that she is a vampire, she changed her name to Bloodstorm. <laughs> Here, here's another lightning pun. Shocker. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> you know Angel. Yes, he has yes. wings. And he sometimes becomes Archangel. He has oh. metal wings. Oh, is that another lightning <laughs> No. No, okay. Uh, so, uh, normally Angel gets his wings uh, amputated off of him for complex reasons. In this universe, that didn't happen, so he didn't get uh, metal wings. He got bat wings, and he can breathe fire. Uh, because uh, Apocalypse who is a bad guy, as you can tell from his name, Apocalypse, Yes. Uh, made him one of his four horsemen. And 
He eventually broke free of that, and now he goes by the Fallen. Okay. Okay. Makes sense with his... Uh, gotta stay on brand. That makes yeah. sense. So that's four of the teams so far. Next we have Iceman. Uh-huh. He's got ice powers. Mm-hmm. I, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally in uh, Thor, uh, Iceman gets captured by Loki because Loki plans to harness his ice powers to make the Frost Giants even stronger. Neat. And in this universe, uh, when he got freed, his powers didn't diminish, and so now whenever he touches something human or, like, fleshy, it immediately freezes and dies. Oh. Yeah. So he's super sad and super goth, and he always looks like he's made out of ice. Okay. And then the last member of the team, uh, you know Hank McCoy, the Beast? Yes. Uh, Normally he's, like, a blue and fuzzy guy. Yes. Uh, Here... Uh, because of an experiment that went wrong, he turned into a amphibious green guild person instead. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I mentioned when uh, Madeline Pryor had gotten like dealt with the demons and stuff, he ended up with the demonic guildlings. <laughs> so he's a Capricorn, pretty much. Oh, <laughs> uh, and he's going by brute now because his intelligence also got super decreased. Have you seen Tropic Thunder? No. Okay. Uh, it's sort of at the point where it would be... It's just really awkward to read some of his dialogue because it feels very fake, mentally retarded, or mentally handicapped. Oh, handicapped. that kind of sucks. Yeah, yeah. And so Brute ended up saving Havoc from drowning. They end up defeating S.H.I.E.L.D. And the uh, Nick Fury is basically ready to release something called the Legacy Virus that's going to kill everyone with non-standard human DNA, so every superhero, uh, all the mutants. And they're able to stop them at the uh, Statue of Liberty, where Scotty's nanny, who is Elektra? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They are hitting all across the board on this. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, Where Elektra had taken him because he really wanted to see the Statue of Liberty. Uh, they stop him. They save their kid. Qu- question. Mm-hmm. Next time there is like, oh, and this person's nanny is whoever. Have me guess who it is first. Okay, let's, okay. let's see if I can get it. If I get it, then, uh, uh, I don't know, I'll eat all the comic books. I- I'd rather you not. <laughs> well, I probably won't get it, so it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, they save the day. Uh, they get back. And Scotty immediately realizes that this Havoc is not his dad. Uh, how? It's just an innate sense. Okay. And no one else is really sure what's going on. They just think that he may have amnesia or mm. other similar thing. Because it's the X-Men, and that's pretty standard for them. Okay. So, uh, that's who the six are. Uh, they end up getting called to the Baxter building. And you want to guess what's up with the Fantastic Four? Uh, um, there, there's three of them. No. Okay. Uh, they all have battle suits because when they were going into space, Galactus showed up, as he is wont to do. And they weren't hit by cosmic radiation, so now Reed's suit has like six arms on it. Johnny still shoots fire, Ben is sort of like a giant battle mech, and Sue has no special powers. <laughs> so there's three of them! I was right! 
<laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, they're fighting uh, evil bugs controlled by a guy named Moot, who has no... no is Moot? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they save the day. Havoc comes back. He finds out that Reed is still being controlled by Moot, and saves Reed, and then he... Like, hey, Reed, uh, so can you check my brain to see if anything's wrong? Because I'm pretty sure I come from another dimension. And Reed can't find anything except for a slight sign of brain damage. And he also revealed everything to Madeline. Who's Madeline? Uh, Scott's one. Right, 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 right. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, so she's really angry that he's still going on about... Oh, I don't think this is my home dimension. I think that everything is wrong here. Okay. Yeah. How how does his uh, uh, unsureness, or his, um, you know, how does that uh, manifest itself? How is he unsure? Oh no, he is one hundred percent sure. It's oh. just everyone else who's like, no, you're you're wrong. This is your life. This is where you're supposed to be. That must be some titillating dialogue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the next issue starts with the team flying uh, to another mission, and Havoc just gets really angry that no one believes him. So he ends up crashing the plane. And they all run into... That's how we got into this mess. Yeah. <laughs> and they all run into the pack, who are wild versions of Wolverine, Sabretooth, and Wild Child. Wild Child is literally the... Like, also ran D-list Wolverine. <laughs> okay. Yep. And so the uh, so the team uh, gets split up by the pack until Havoc ends up discovering the Weapon X facility, which is where they got, uh, like, tested on, mm-hmm. and got claws and everything. And all the six ends up rejoining until Alpha Flight, who is the Canadian super team of mutants, shows up and is like, you have five seconds to get out of Canada, because most of the time Marvel Canada is like super crazy and evil. Oh, just like real Canada. Uh, more actively evil. <laughs> we find out later that they have taken over uh, pretty much everything they could easily access across the Bering Strait. Mm-hmm. So Russia, parts of China, and parts of the Middle East, because that's what. Canadians do. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Havoc apologizes for blowing up, and he decides that for the time being, he's just going to try and fit in this universe. Okay. Who Who's on Alpha Flight? Uh, it's the normal Alpha Flight. Oh, okay. People. I yeah. wouldn't know. Look uh, it up later. <laughs> yeah. They're an interesting team, but they, like, have very little relevance to the series beyond, oh, it's Alpha Flight. <laughs> Uh, so at night, Madeline is having bad dreams, where the Goblin Queen is basically trying to get her to, uh, she'll get back her power if she sacrificed Scotty. Interesting option. Yeah. And she ends up giving in, and the Goblin Queen takes over. Oh. And, uh, Havoc hears Scotty crying, so he goes to help, and he runs into Bloodstorm on the way. And... We have a brief dialogue, and then we see where Bloodstorm actually lives, because the Six have this big old castle called the uh, Bannerman Castle that is always shrouded by mist, and I guess no one ever wants to go because they all think it's haunted, because 
you've literally got horrifying monsters who are living there as superheroes. So uh, we find out that uh, Bloodstorm has Kitty Pride as her thrall. And then she is feeding on Forge, who was her lover mm-hmm. in the normal universe, who she pretty much just keeps defeating around. Or keeps repeating. Alrighty. Yep. And uh, we cut back to the castle where demons have started appearing and Havoc's trying to protect Scotty until Madeline sort of breaks out of the trance that she's been in and all the demons vanish. Okay. She was like, yeah, I'd rather not have my uh, son sacrificed for unknown purposes. Well, she would get her powers back, though. Yeah, but... <clears throat> well, she'd get more powers. Oh, She has her better. telekinesis, but, like, the Goblin Queen... Are you familiar with what the uh, Phoenix Force is? Yes. Uh, this is sort of like the absolutely evil version of it. Oh. <laughs> There's something called the Goblin Force, which... It's like a Phoenix Force, except green. Oh. And, uh... So, do you want to guess what is weird about Man-Spider? Man-Spider. Hmm. Is he a spider that was bitten by a radioactive man? No. Okay, well, I'm I'm out of ammo. It is Spider-Man, but he has six arms. That's a total of eight appendages. Yes. Okay. And so uh, we start off with Band Spider fighting the Green Goblin and this army of fake demons, which they make explicit. Goblin. Goblin power stuff. Mm-hmm. Phoenix Wars. And uh, the Fallen and Madeline Pryor uh, basically pull Spider-Man and the Green Goblin away because, well, they are enough to fight while the rest of these six are fighting on the ground trying to protect people, trying to prevent more damage. Uh, Havoc is really worried about Madeline, though, so he sends the Brute after her. Uh, what the Brute sees is Madeline talking to the Green Goblin and saying, basically, yeah, I'm really not happy about you using that name, Goblin, because magic got outlawed here, so most people forgot about magic. And then she snaps the Green Goblin's neck, killing him. And Spider-Man's like, whoa! That's not good. <laughs> and then she snaps Spider Man Spider's neck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Don't do things in half measures, I guess. No. And uh, both Madeline and the Fallen see Brute standing there and they're like, Yeah, if you tell anyone what happened, we are going to kill everyone you loved. It's like, No, not my loved ones <laughs> Except <laughs> a lot more awkward. But Fallen's down with us then. Yeah. Nice. And so the Fallen and Madeline, uh, as they see the rest of the team appear because all the demons have disappeared, they're like, oh yeah, the Brute just went and killed Man-Spider and Green Goblin in one (laughs) of his fits. And Havoc's really not trusting her because, like, the Brute is the gentle giant. He hasn't really shown any signs of flipping out and killing people. Okay. But the Brute gets sent to prison and... Uh, so we start off the next uh, issue with the trial of the group. Uh, Hank is really coming off as incompetent, even though he has Daredevil, or Matt Murdock as his lawyer. So mm-hmm. Daredevil's representing yeah. him. And Havoc is the only member of the team that supports him. And uh, while he's giving an interview to Gwen Stacy, who is still alive as opposed to being dead, 
Uh, Scotty warns them that someone's going to try and kill the brute. Meanwhile, Madeline and the Fallen are really worried that the brute is going to crack, even though he keeps saying that he's not going to, because he really does not want to have all of his loved ones murdered. And uh, Madeline uh, ends up getting taken over by the Goblin Force, who then possesses both the brute and the Fallen to make them fall in line, because Fallen is pretty much like, yeah, we'll, we'll just kill him and everything will work out. A perfect plan. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so back in court, Manspider shows up. Do you want oh. to guess how Manspider showed back up? Uh, Goblin Force. No. Okay. Uh, there are like 30 clones of Manspider out there. <laughs> and, and this so was unknown? Uh, yeah. So it was just a clone of Manspider who was killed. And Havoc is like, uh, okay, maybe I shouldn't have my son here. And so he uh, takes Scotty to uh, like get out of the courtroom. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Bullseye, the Daredevil villain, mm-hmm. and a uh, group of ninjas attack. <laughs> okay. And uh, the six easily take them down. And uh, once the smoke clears, though, uh, Brute reveals that uh, Madeline has restored his mind. And he also is demanding to be executed for the murders that he did. Is, is the first part true? Like, did she restore his mind? Yeah. Because she is possessing him. Ah, okay. So, like, right, it right. enhances the abilities of the people who are right. possessed. And so we start off the next issue just hearing, oh yeah, the brute has totally been executed. We see nothing of it. It's just a casual conversation. Oh, I can't believe the brute got executed. Which means to me, he is not executed. Yeah, it it's never really clear. Uh, Bloodstorm ends up sensing that the Goblin Queen has actually made her way back into the world, which is a bad thing, and so she's using all of her high-level spells as both a weather controller and a vampire. And uh, her like entire force just gets beaten through by the Goblin Force. And... Iceman ends up uh, trying to save Bloodstorm, only to also be taken over by the Goblin Force. Well. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, across the country, Alex, Electra, and Scotty are like trying to run away because Havoc's pretty sure shit is going cray-cray now. Right, he is. And so they're just having this dinner in a diner. Havoc and Electra are flirting a bit. There's a small romance between them. And as soon as they leave, the brute shows up. Which Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what you pointed out is very important because they never actually show his death. They just, like, mention it in passing. And so it's like, is he back from the dead? Did he even die at all? It's yeah. all... I mean, at least Manspider coming back, or at least being there, is explained mm-hmm. in a way that... Is not only surprising, but makes sense, even if it is kind of, you know, backhanded. Well, it's funny, because there's, like, a famously horrible arc called the Clone Saga in Spider-Man, where it was supposed to be, like, a six-month event, and ended up running on for, like, two whole years because sales were really good, but it kept on spiraling more and more insanely. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it's a uh, loose reference to that. And... Uh, the brute pretty much shows up 
and everyone else who had been in the diner with him also gets possessed by the goblin force. And so Electro, Havoc, and Scotty realize that they're sort of screwed over, and so they run off again. So the next issue opens with the Goblin Queen going in along with the other members of the six who she controls, killing the president, and then taking over the vice president, who is Robert Kelly, who is the senator who gets yeah. a lot of anti-mutant stuff going. Okay. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, Havoc, Electra, and Scotty end up going to the X-Mansion, where they meet with Cerebro. Do you want to guess what Cerebro is? Ah, well, it's certainly not a computer anymore. I'm going to go with, uh, oh, ah, what's the guy who uh, gets armor all, or like metal all over his skin? Colossus? Yes. Is, is it merged with Colossus to make a robot? No. Okay. It is uh, merged with Warlock, who is a technarch, who is a sort of Borg, if they were a lot more rapid and could single-handedly convert a person into a techno-organic living person. Okay. And uh, so Cerebro tries to help Scotty training his powers, because he keeps getting the danger senses and flashes of when things aren't right. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Madeline goes after Larry Trask, who invented, whose father invented the Sentinels, and then he sort of perfected mm. them. Do you want to guess what's up with Larry Trask? Mm. Uh, uh, Herald of Galactus. No. Okay. Uh, he merged himself <laughs> with the Sentinels. <laughs> okay. And so she takes over his mind, and uh, she also starts taking over other heroes who she runs into, because she now is a army of sentinels who were being controlled by Larry, who she now controls. Alright. Yes. World's right right fucked. Yes. And okay. uh, Havoc tries to sneak in, but like the Goblin Queen immediately finds him and tosses him into the Hudson River. At least this isn't his real universe. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Nick Fury shows up in Citrusville, Florida. Okay. Which is the home of the Nexus of All Realities. And Man-Thing. Okay. And he reveals that S.H.I.E.L.D. has been brought back by the president. Because the president <laughs> needs people who had gone off and been a crazy hate group to, I guess, be sanctioned again. Okay. So, uh, Havoc ends up getting saved by Yellow Jacket and Stingray. Meanwhile, Vendetta, who I have no idea who he is, and uh, Firestar, who has fire powers... Well, no, she has microwave powers that cause things to heat up and also... Get cancer. Oh, yeah. No, in the 616, she got cancer. Oh, nice. Yeah. She was the one who was in Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Sure. <laughs> Pretty handy power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're attacking the White House, and they break through all the defenses and... Ultimately, Vendetta is able to exercise the goblin force out of the president, but it's really unclear if it kills him or if later on the goblin queen just fills up. Hmm. Because reasons. Problem solved. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So the uh, six decide to go and team up with Nick Fury down in Citrusville, Florida. Where the nexus of all realities is. Of course it is. Yes. Is this a real place? Uh, Citrus Hill or yes. 
It does not exist in the United States, but it is a established point of canon. Okay. Well, it should exist. They should uh, open up a theme park. That would be fantastic. And uh, so, uh, Havoc, Yellow Jacket, and Stingray end up heading down to Citrusville, where they run into Doc Samson. Do you know Doc Samson? Uh, sounds familiar. Is that the lizard? No. No. No, no, no. Doc Samson. I don't know. Uh, he was the psychologist who was helping Bruce Banner. Uh, he also got gamma radiated. Normally he's just super muscular, but in here he turned into a Hulk. But he's also generally under control. So, uh, do you want to guess what is weird with Doctor Strange in this universe? Mm, uh, is Doctor Strange not the Sorcerer Supreme? No. He is. Okay. <laughs> is he also BFFs with uh, Doctor Doom? Possibly. Oh. No. Okay, I don't know. Uh, Doctor Strange is also Man-Thing. <laughs> you mentioned Man-Thing earlier, too. Yes. Okay. Uh, Doctor Strange tried to cure Ted Salas of being Man-Thing, and he himself got turned into Man-Thing instead. Okay. So, like, literally, the image is him in a wizard cloak, but also he has Man-Thing's face. <laughs> so it's like, it's like random vines and stuff. I, I'd love to know how they decide to uh, find what, what characters they include for these uh, one-offs and like how they how they merge everything together. I I believe I, it's a raffle system. Uh, yeah, I, I would uh, agree for this one. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're all trying to hold the next of realities. And Havoc and his team are, like, doing what they can to hold off Madeline, but she keeps on, like, bringing in more and more people. And Havoc knows that if he can reach the Nexus, then she can reach into other universes, which would be really bad. Because you could easily extend her power base. And so she has Man-Thing banish everyone else. Oh, he blows it all up. Oh, I'm sure that ends well. Yeah. <laughs> And so with the Nexus destroyed, uh, Havoc goes back and meets with Yellow Jacket, Stingray, Samson, and Doctor Strange, and they form the Defenders. And then Havoc also finds out that uh, Robert Kelly is now dead, and the new president is Reed Richards. Because he was Secretary of State. Probably. Madeline Pryor can do whatever she wants. Fair. So uh, Havoc... Uh, is talking to Elektra, uh, who's still back at the X-Mansion, which none of the other members of the Six know where it is. And she mentions something has landed in the yard at the mansion, and then all of a sudden she's cut off. The only clue that he has is Scotty says, they're here. So Havoc is freaking out because while he's not Scotty's dad, they've been slowly forming this yeah. connection. Scotty respects Havoc a lot more than his actual dad. Uh, so Havoc starts freaking out, and this draws the attention of the Sentinels, because he's hiding in New York City. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, a whole bunch of Sentinels, like, swoop down on him, and he is saved by Volman, Callisto, and Ben Grimm, <laughs> who also have the Moloids and the Morlocks with them. Moloids are, like, yellow underground subterranean people, and Morlocks are the mutants yeah. who aren't pretty enough. Yeah. Do you want to guess what's up with Moleman and Callisto? Uh, they're totally an item. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Also, Callisto is super pretty for oh. unknown reasons. So is Mo Man, I'm sure. No, Mo Man's generic Mo Man. Oh, well. To each their own. Well, it's really weird because, like, Callisto's usual reason for starting the Morlocks is they weren't, like, look appropriate enough to live on the land. And yeah. it's like, here, oh, she's super pretty. Why would she end up down there instead when her point. powers are enhanced I, reflexes? No, I, I played um, X Men Legends, and I, I recall the leader being Marrow. Uh, Marrow becomes leader later on. Okay, well, there you go. Mm hmm. And, yeah, so uh, Havoc is like, I, I need to find out what happened to my kid. I need to find out what happened to my kid. And so they're, they all agree to let him sneak out. But as soon as they do, the Goblin Queen, the remaining members of the Six, and the Sentinels show up. Uh, Callisto, it turns out, had sold them out to try and protect the Morlocks. And then immediately the Goblin Queen is like, oh, yeah, thank you for doing that. And then brutally disfigures her face. She was so pretty, too. Yeah, and it's literally just so they could have Mole Man be like, I still love you, my pretty, pretty. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's just points. And so Havoc is able to take down the other members of the Six, but the Sentinels are still, like, massive in number, and then Magneto appears. <laughs> nice. Uh, this pretty much causes the Goblin Queen's army to be like, oh, shit. And they all run out of there as fast as they can. And Magneto destroys all of the Sentinels. Good job. And it turns out that he had been fighting a whole bunch of bad guys in space, and so he's really weak after that. Meanwhile, uh, the, who Who was he fighting in space? I don't exactly remember. I, I think it was the Shi'ar Empire. Uh, so Madeline is really angry that everyone uh, left. Until Reed announces that he's finished his new project, a Super Sentinel, known as Vimrod. After the Hunter. Yes, of course. It's one of those words that got really weird when its whole definition got changed by Bugs Bunny. Yeah. Well, because he... Yeah, the Hunter, yeah. of course. And uh, so, Havoc uh, Polaris, who's Magneto's daughter, who also has magnetic powers. She's mm -hmm. currently his only canon child. In the 616, because mm -hmm. comics are weird. Of course. Uh, they go into attack the Goblin Queen, and it's going too well until uh, the Goblin Queen sends out her Super Sentinels, and Nimrod, who can, along with normal destructive powers, he can also absorb souls and powers, because he's also magical now. Well, I, I mean, if you're fooled by the Goblin Force, why not? Mm-hmm. And so, luckily, Nightcrawler, Quicksilver, and Rogue, who has permanently absorbed Colossus's powers, so she permanently has the metal skin, and she's also wearing the Miss Marvel classic black lightning bolt costume. Uh, they show up, and there's also Mystique there, who never shows up as, like, the normal Mystique. Like, here she shows up as the Hulk. And it doesn't make sense at all. How do you know it's Mystique? They, they obviously tell you, her. but yeah. she looks like the Hulk. Yeah. And this Quicksilver is not a progeny of Magneto. Well, in this one he is. Okay. It was like recent Wait. retcons, so they didn't need to make them mutants anymore. And... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I need uh, a corkboard. 
Yeah. <laughs> so the X-Men uh, rush in and they escape. So uh, Bloodstorm ends up getting sent on a mission to abduct Scotty because she's able to track where he is. Uh, because Someone has to. Yeah. And at this point, the Goblin Queen has fully taken over Madeline. And uh, so Bloodstorm brings Scotty back and he's just freaking out because mom's not his mom anymore. He's surrounded by evil demonic forces. And so the brute uh, comes in and he's struggling with his mind control. And Scotty just humors him of it. And. Plot device. Yeah. Uh, the brute is. decides that he's going to try and free uh, Scotty until he runs into the fallen who is still like a complete asshole. Like he's not <laughs> even fully under control, he's just a jackass. He and knows what he's about. What? He knows what he's oh, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Bloodstorm and Iceman see the fallen continuing to be an asshole to the brute, and so they end up fighting with him. This throws in the Goblin Queen, and Madeline realizes that. Her son is not safe here, and so she has the brute run away with the kid while the fallen is knocked out. Hmm. And pretty much loses all control after that point. Uh, we then get a brief history of the Goblin Force, which is like the evil Phoenix Force. Mm -hmm. uh, killed Galactus. Oh, shit. And uh, the only thing that stopped it was like a group of ten Celestials, four of whom who died. Uh, do you know what Celestials are? Mm -mm. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Yes. Uh, the big purple thing with the staff that used the uh, purple gem? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a Celestial. These guys oh. come to Earth, they make species, they can they judge planets on whether or not they're worthy. These are like two steps beyond the abstract entities that have personas. Mm -hmm. And so like the fact that it's killing these is huge. Shit. Yeah. I, I thought the Phoenix Force was also more evil. Does the, that kind of depend? Yeah. It's just power. Uh, the Phoenix Force depends on who's uh, using it, who's able to control it, and like when Jean Grey went evil with the Phoenix Force, that was because she had literally been mind-controlled and her mind was messed with by people who wanted to mm. use her as a weapon against their enemies. Uh, and then like almost every other user who has been unrelated to Jean Grey, has not been able to wield it well. Okay. Yep. But no, this is like pure evil. This is, mm -hmm. it will take you and it will make you do horrible things. So, uh, the X-Men and the United Nations, which is led by, yes? Oh, um... Mm, Professor X. <laughs> Dr. Doom. Oh, outstanding. Good old Doom. Mm -hmm. uh, so the United Nations, uh, led by Doom, and all the other heroes that they've been able, able to save are ready to take America back. Yeah. Uh, Havoc also finally gets his big kiss with Elektra. I don't care. Give yeah. me America. Yeah. And uh, Scotty does something to Havoc Spring uh, before he goes off to the sauna battle. So Doom is sailing his armada through the armies of demon sentinels. <laughs> That's and, a great sentence. Yes. I'm sold. Uh, and he's joined by Magneto and Namor. Outstanding. He's a complete yeah. asshole. <laughs> he's just classic Namor. Yeah. And as the attack keeps on getting worse, Havoc ends up getting abducted. And he ends up in a 
negative mind space where he runs into Madeline, but he's got Scotty with him in his mind. And so Scotty pretty much reaches out to Madeline and kills the Goblin Queen. Like, oh fuck. Yeah. And they wake up, and no one's really sure what's happened to Madeline at this time. And Havoc's like, okay, so we got through our first big arc. The series was supposed to end here. So I'm just going to tell everyone here that I'm from another reality, no matter what you guys say. Because that has been 12 issues plus an annual so far. Okay. And, like, originally this was supposed to be a 12-issue series. It kept going. <laughs> for a total of 32 issues plus two more innings. Wow. And you can immediately tell that they ran out of storylines. <laughs> uh, so the next issue focuses on the background of Bloodstorm, who uh, we find out how she became a vampire, Dracula Bitter. And Shocker. Yeah, there's literally nothing really all that surprising. Uh, she ended up finding Forge by complete accident, who had been set up to be drained of blood and used as a feed bag. And Kitty Pride had gone in to try and kill Storm, was unable to, and that's how she became a thrall. Mm-hmm. The next issue is my favorite issue of the entire series. Uh, it starts off with the Star Jammers, who is normally Corsair's group of swinging space pirates. Like, Sounds great. Like, he is the most 70s space pirate possible. <laughs> I mean, if you're a space pirate, how 70s can you get? The mustache alone is. <laughs> I will pull up an image. I would love to see it. I'm sure he's very sexy. Does he look just like David Bowie? No, he's, oh. uh... Oh, wow. <laughs> like, he oh, yes, he's... For the listener, there's this really buff guy with, like, a massive neck, chiseled jawline, a butt chin, a fancy, like, porn stash, headband, and then the tiniest pistol (laughs) he's pointing at at the viewer. I'll have this in the image gallery for the episode. Uh, (laughs) The best thing is when Cyclops in the 616 found out how Corsair was his dad, because, uh... He fucked fucked his mom. Oh. (laughs) No, uh, Cyclops had run into Corsair before. Okay. But uh, Corsair didn't reveal that he was Cyclops' dad, even though everyone else pretty much knew. Cyclops ends up in the savage land where he's unable to shave for a while, so he starts growing a mustache and he's like, oh wow, I look just like Corsair. (laughs) I mean, if you're going to find out. Mm -hmm. Wait, couldn't he just zap it off? No. <laughs> it's a force blast. Uh, so the star jammers in this universe are Cyclops, Binary, who is uh, Carol Danvers, who has the power of the sun, Nova, who had been a herald of Galactus, mm-hmm. Silver Surfer, who, you know Silver Surfer. Herald of Galactus. And Lockheed, who is a space dragon. Of course. A tiny purple space dragon. Wait, I thought, I thought Cyclops died. It turns out he did. Oh goddammit! <laughs> why? Why do this? Because it had to continue on. I suppose. Like, that, whole, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like there's a whole bunch of retcons that end up showing up because the series ends up continuing. 
so they end up attacking a scroll ship that had been watching Scotty and Havoc on Earth as they were having a nice father and son fishing trip. And how how old is Scotty? He's like eight. Okay. And uh, it's about what I figured. Because he's still called Scotty. Yeah. And so Cyclops decides to fly this scroll spaceship that he has just now hijacked in front of them as they are fishing. And Havoc's like, fuck no, and blasts it out of the air. <laughs> and so he and uh, Scotty are like running to their car because he's out of communication with the rest of the six who are now free of the spell. Mm-hmm. And Cyclops is like, let me get that door for you. As he like jumps out of the woods and Havoc just decks him in the face. Because he has no idea who he is? He hasn't seen him, and he's just worried that he's being tracked down. Okay. And so Cyclops keeps trying to do, like, the cocky, cool guy greeting, and keeps getting, like, knocked out of the way by Havoc. And (laughs) eventually Havoc tries to go to the police, and that's when the Kree show up. The Kree are evil space aliens in this universe. And uh, Scotty uh, joins him, and he's like, hey... You know me, right? I'm your brother. And Havoc's like, oh, yeah. Sorry about that before. And so they're, like, teaming up. They're fighting the Kree. And then Gladiator shows up. Uh, Gladiator is pretty much a Superman analog. So he is a person who, like, could take out most of the Avengers easily. Ah. And he has come to fight uh, Havoc and try and get Scotty. And all of a sudden, the Watcher shows up. Okay. And you know what the watcher is, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's sworn not to interfere. He's like, fuck that. These guys saved the entire universe. They defeated the Goblin Force, and he <laughs> just smacks the hell out of Gladiator. He says, Earth is under my protection now, especially Scotty and Havoc. Wow. Yeah. It's a big deal. And that's why that's like the best issue of the series. So, the next. Uh, issue opens up with a nuclear explosion killing all the X-Men on live TV. Because it didn't kill any of them. Uh, Havoc, Elektra, Iceman, Brute, and Bloodstorm are all watching this as Graydon Creed, who uh, normally is the member of like another anti-mutant hate group, uh, is like, oh yeah, that is horrible, this is a tragedy, and then he decides, oh yeah, Nick Fury was also under mind control for part of that time, so I'm clearing him of all charges against him. And now he has uh, got my authority to round up all the mutants and all the other people with powers, that way we can uh, relocate them and they can be safe. Relocate means... Concentration camp. Yes, yes. And so they end up heading to the uh, so uh, Cerebro, who ended up surviving the explosion, uh, teleports in, and along with the rest of the six, uh, they end up heading to the secret base of the Hellfire Club. Uh, Hellfire Club are people who are mostly mutants or also the richest people in the world who are secretly pulling the strings, but then you also have the inner circle where... Those people are the people who really control the strings, and they're usually made up of mutants or cyborgs. Hip-hop Illuminati. Got it. Yes. Uh, in bondage gear. Ah. Yes. Yeah, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> and 
So they end up going there and finding out and that's where Forge and Kitty have ended up. And Kitty is now the Black Queen of the Hellfire Club, which is one of the top four positions. Ah, and good for her. also there at the Hellfire Club is Captain America. White uh, King. Hmm? White. So she's the Black Queen. Is yeah. it Black? Uh, Captain America yeah, doesn't have a position. Okay. Uh, Sebastian Shaw, who's normally the Black King of the Hellfire Club. Uh, did you see X-Men First Class? No. No, okay. Uh, Kevin Bacon played him. Oh, he nice. didn't do a good job of playing... Yeah. Like the actual one, uh, he has the power to absorb force, and that just makes him stronger. Mm. Oh yeah, I yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, he has been left in an iron coffin or like a Iron Maiden breathing apparatus because he got into a fight with Magneto, and Magneto's like, "Yeah, fuck you," and like broke everything in his body. <laughs> He's in like an iron lung. Oh, it, it's pretty much an Iron yeah. Maiden with a view screen. Oh. Yes. And then Sunfire. And Sunfire is notable for being one of the few Japanese mutants. And also he usually quits a team once per issue. Like, the first time that he tried to join the X-Men, he left the team three different times. Huh. Yeah. For good reasons? No, he is a complete dick. <laughs> And uh, Forge announces that he has made a new Cerebro that doesn't have emotions, and it's going to determine what mutants are good or bad. Huh. And you know what the big flaw with this is? Seems like a complex, you know, kind of... Wait, if it doesn't have emotions, how can it tell? Well, that's part of it, but also he hasn't figured out what to do with the evil mutants. Also a problem. And... uh, Sunfire's like, yeah, this is a really horrible idea, but I want this technology. And so he starts fighting all of them. They take him down, and Sunfire realizes, oh, yeah, this was not a uh, very good idea. And then he quits the team. No, uh, he <laughs> uh, sets himself to self-destruct. And so everyone else <laughs> runs out so, of there. So he is one of the very few Japanese mutants, and immediately is going to kill himself. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so shitty. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then out of the rubble comes the uh, new Cerebro, Cerebro 13. Mm. Uh, so Havoc, Bloodstorm, Groot, Iceman, Cerebro, and now Captain America are traveling around trying to save mutants because all of the mutant hate that had been bottled up for so long via like, Nick Fury and his extremists is going rampant because you had Madeline Pryor trying to take over the entire country. So, I mean, it's understandable on a level. And uh, Electra and Scotty have been hidden somewhere that even Havoc doesn't know. And Bastion, which is the name that Cerebro 13 is now going by, is trying to help Nick Fury track the mutants down. So they end up heading to New Orleans. And who do they find in New Orleans? Uh, Nolans. Let me think. Who's in Nolans? Uh, crayfish people. Gambit. <laughs> See, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> uh, okay. So Gambit is the leader of the Rogues and the Thieves Guild. And he is married to Belladonna, who was the member of the Rogues Guild. And together they have a kid named Raven. Because Louisiana. And Bastion shows up because Remy's, uh, Gambit's brother pretty much sold him out. Belladonna gets killed. And Bastion and uh, Gambit's brother Julian get away with Raven. 
So Gambit's like, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to join the X Men now. <laughs> this All is right. the last that we see of Bastion. Okay. This is the last that we see of Julian. Well, what was the point? They stole the kid. Okay. And so uh, Havoc has been having nightmares of a shadowy figure attacking him, destroying all the team. And so he goes off wandering in the woods at night, and he ends up running into Cyclops. And Cyclops just tells him to run. And it turns out that both of them have been captured by Mr. Sinister. Do you know much about Mr. Sinister? A little bit. Uh, the most important thing is that he is a long-term planner. He is an insane shipper of the Summers and the uh, Grey lines. And he also made Madeline Pryor. Uh, I was going to say, who, yeah. where's the real Jean Grey in all this, if she's a clone? Uh, so, Havoc and Cyclops end up blowing up the base, but Mr. Sinister has gotten the genetic uh, stuff off of him that he wanted, and also he has the real Jean Grey working with him. Oh, there you go. Yes. And so the next issue focuses on Nick Fury and his shield and the essential Hitler youth that are there. And then we meet two people there. Do you want to guess what their names are? Um, Adolf. No. <laughs> and um, uh, Werner von Braun. No. Okay. So there's two kids named Jack and Diane. Two American kids growing up in the heartland. No, no, no. And they, we get a brief rundown of, yeah, they're they're Hitler, they're Hitler Youth. Okay. Mutants. All right. And they're sent on a mission to track down two new mutants who are supposed to show up. And they find the obvious mutant kid who's just sitting by the woods. And then Diane's powers awaken because it turns out in this universe you don't gain your mutant power, powers with adolescence. You can just randomly develop a mutant gene at any time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you'll just randomly become a mutant. So Nick Fury and his uh, Punisher agents show up, and a mysterious red-haired woman uh, offers to help uh, the six escape, since they were pretty much screwed otherwise. And so she reveals that she is Jean Grey, and then Jack decides to become one of Nick Fury's punishers for the elite squadron. Mm -hmm. But really, after this point, Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. stop showing up. <laughs> like, Tell me Jack still shows up. No. like <laughs> They ran out of long-term story arcs, so it's like, you had Bastion show up for two or three issues, and then you stop showing up. You had Nick Fury show up for two or three issues, stop showing up. So uh, we get another annual that is a flashback of when Gambit and Bloodstorm first worked together. Uh, they were supposed to steal two kids from Apocalypse. During the fight, Gambit got uh, mortally wounded, so Bloodstorm turned Gambit into a vampire. <laughs> they already had Gambit. Did they say that this he was is a vampire? Flashback. Okay, so he they did they say he was a vampire when they went to New Orleans? Nope. Was it? Were there any signs whatsoever? Oh, I, uh, I love this gumbo, but I don't want garlic in it. Nope. Okay. And uh, so Sinister... Uh, so they steal the kids. Gambit's trying to cope with being a vampire now. And they hand the kids off to Sinister, who ends up being like, oh yeah, I only need one of these kids. 
And so he ends up aging him into uh, X-Man. And uh, Gambit keeps the other one who he calls Raven. And we also get glimpses in other series. So, like, Doctor Doom of this universe has been fighting all the Fantastic Four as villains mm-hmm. from the Negative Zone. This is where we find out how many spider clones there were and that that's mostly who Spider-Man fights. Mm-hmm. And uh, Havoc had previously tried to hook up with Sue Storm and Mr. Fantastic found out. Because everyone tries to. Yep. And so Havoc ends up going with uh, Scotty to meet Professor X. Or Havoc goes to meet Scotty and he runs into Professor X. And Scotty's like, hey, there's some oncoming danger. And everyone's like, oh no, what's the oncoming danger going to be? And the four horsemen of Apocalypse show up. Well, that's a bad sign. Including the Fallen. Yeah. And so Havoc and the Six fight them, but in the end, we find out Apocalypse has arisen again. Which, not a good thing. Well, I mean, if you risen again, you would stop before. Yeah. So Havoc has another death hallucination, and he wakes up back in the uh, Bannermore Castle. You find the original members of the Six with him, and he's really not sure what's going on. Uh, this is the first time where he actually thinks that this is the world that he's supposed to be in, until Jean Grey starts showing up at the windows and being like, Hey, hey! And she just keeps getting blasted away by Madeline and Professor X. And uh, Professor X is really getting frustrated dealing with Havoc, and so he tries to overwrite Havoc's memories with what the memories should be, but Jean Grey shows up and kidnaps or takes Havoc along with him and they end up meeting Apocalypse. Okay. So Havoc freaks out because Apocalypse is not a good guy. But Magneto's also there because Magneto didn't die in the nuclear explosion and neither did any of the other mutants. Shocker. Yeah. Oh. And it turns out that Professor X of this universe absorbed the Shadow King. Do you know the Shadow King? No, I've not heard that. He's an evil psychic dude, and... Oh, yeah, he was in, uh, he was in the X-Men Legends. <laughs> and, uh, so Professor X beat the Shadow King and then absorbed his powers, which made him stronger. And it also sort of turned him into a dick. Uh, Magneto ended up uh, falling in love with Moira McTaggart, who normally Professor X falls in love with, except that here uh, Juggernaut shows up, and Professor X kills him by literally like psychic blasting through his entire body. Ah. But he also ended up killing Moira in that, and Prof- uh, Magneto's like, yeah, I, I, I can't trust you anymore because you're literally just cold-blooded murdering people. Professor X is like, whatever. <laughs> and so he's been running around eating all the telepaths that he could, and he has teamed up with Mr. Sinister to do that. Uh, that was when Magneto took over the X-Men. Uh, Havoc returns to the castle trying to save Scotty, and it turns out that Scotty is the ultimate like energy source that the Professor could have. And when he's really upset that Havoc's not going to let him eat his son, who he actually has some emotions for, Professor X turns into Onslaught, who is the totality of all of the evil stuff inside Professor X, which, considering he's been eating a lot of people, is greatly increased. Well. Yeah. So the uh, six 
run out of there as fast as I can, and Magneto explains Professor X's plan, which is he's going to make the entire world so fearful that he is, like, mega-powered up, and he's going to do this by making a giant psychic projection of Galactus. And just land it in the world, and it's going to freak out everyone. Yeah, temporarily. Yeah. And then they'll realize, oh, it's just an image. Uh... Well, no, it's a living psychic entity. Ah, okay. And so the six show up, they defeat the fake uh, heralds of Galactus that there were, and the Galactus and the heralds melt into green goo. And then Mr. Sinister shows up, and he ends up using the psychic goo to turn into the worst fears of the six. So Captain America fights the Red Skull when we find out that he isn't actually Steve Rogers. Ah. Uh, Iceman is told that he is a disappointment by his dad. Uh, Storm faces down Dracula. Uh, Gambit faces the last member of the Assassin's Guild, who he killed all the other members of it. Uh, Brute ends up facing down uh, a blue version of the Beast and also Human Hank, who are just like, yeah, you're very disappointing. Uh, Magneto sees his dead children and like everyone else who he's lost. And Havoc sees Cyclops, who just keeps berating him for not dealing with all this shit more effectively. But Jean Grey ends up using her psychic powers to shield his mind. So Havoc is ready to attack, but Xavier reveals that he has X-Man, Raven, and Scotty, uh, who he's going to use as psychic batteries to gain his ultimate power to take over the multiverse. And Mr. Sinister is like, that wasn't part of the deal, and tries to attack him. Uh, this gives Havoc the chance to knock out uh, Xavier, Electra steals the kids, and uh, as Xavier's sort of in his death throes, he tries to shoot a psychic attack, but the brute takes it, and then Iceman freezes him, and they all shatter the ice that Professor X is in, essentially killing him. And then you find out that uh, Hank has his intelligence back from that psychic blast. Ah. Convenient. Yes. So, <laughs> with his intelligence back, Hank returns to his old lab and finds the uh, cure that he had been working on for Iceman, and that it was actually ready, and he can't remember at the time why he wasn't able to cure Iceman, until he gets more memories, where basically, uh, when Havoc was seeing Sue, uh, Havoc was really worried that Madeline would find out, and at the time, Madeline was also really close friends with Iceman. And so he was worried that if Madeline found out about him with Sue, that she might run into the arms of Iceman. And especially if Iceman was cured of his death yeah. touch. And so he ended up blowing up the experiment, which destroyed Hank's mind and left Iceman trapped. Because this is like the first sign that we have that evil, or alternate universe havoc is actually evil. Which... Like, that's one of the big weaknesses. We don't find how different he is from anything else. Yeah. yeah. Hasn't really been built up to. Yeah, it, and this is like in 20-plus issues of the series at this point. So Hank ends up that he's uh, Flowers for Algernoning, where he got his intelligence back. It's quickly fading away. Uh-huh. So uh, he... Uh, makes a list of things that he wants to do. He wants to be able to send Havoc back home. He wants to cure Iceman. He wants to make it so uh, Bloodstorm and Gambit can go out in the sun. 
And so he creates a uh, portal into the negative zone that he thinks would allow Havoc to go through, but the first experiment just fails, and so they have to pull back. And Havoc's like, okay, everyone, we've been working really hard, so let's all go on vacation. And, uh, Hank is like, I don't think that's the best idea for me. In the meantime, he's made an uh, image generator for Iceman, so Iceman can go and look normally human. And the other members of the Six sort of realize, hey, life is pretty good with Havoc out there. And uh, meanwhile, Hank is working on his experiment. And so they all end up coming back, and Havoc gets another chance to go back through the portal. But as they are going through something that maybe the Goblin forces not really defined all that well, comes out of the negative zone. And Havoc gives up his last chance to get back into the 616 to stop it. Uh, Hank ends up being able to cure Iceman, but then the last of his intelligence goes away, so he's back to being the brute. So, uh, Storm and the rest of the Six are asked to investigate a mysterious box that had been taken from the vault, which was taken by the Marauders, who are an alternate version of the New Mutants, so you have a obese version of Cannonball, you have Husk, uh, Wolfsbane, Sunspot, and Jubilee. Mm -hmm. And Storm realizes that Dracula is inside this box, and How? she is, uh, she recognizes Dracula's techno coffin. Okay. It's literally a box that has random machine parts on it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Storm is ready to kill everyone, but Gambit stops her from killing all the marauders. Uh, the coffin gets away, and a guy opens it, releasing Dracula. Some and, guy? Yeah, just a random guy. <laughs> and then Storm and Gambit are captured by a group called the Outcasts. What's cooler than being cool? Uh, ice cool. Ice cool. Oh. So it turns out that dagger. Uh, do you know cloak and dagger? Oh no. Okay. Uh, teens uh, operated on by drug dealers. The drugs accidentally gave them superpowers. Uh, cloak has the power to suck people into a black void, and dagger has the power to make white daggers. So they're Cloak and Dagger. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, Dagger is the leader of the Outcasts, and she's pretty much gotten Gambit crucified, where within like 20 minutes, the sun is going to rise directly on him and kill him. And so Storm ends up challenging Dagger for authority of the Outcasts. Meanwhile, Jean and Havoc get a moment together where they're sort of flirting with each other, which is super weird. Because Havoc of this universe was in love with the clone of Jean Grey, and now Havoc from another universe is flirting. Yeah. Wait, it's complicated. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we also find out that uh, Hank, before he got fully Algernon, mm -hmm. uh, made a digital version of himself. Right, like, smart he just one. copied over all of his intelligence. And it wasn't so, even on his to-do list. Yep. Uh, Storm is fighting with Dagger, and in the fight she's able to free Gambit, but she accidentally stabs Dagger brutally, uh, and like she's feeling horrible for accidentally killing this person she didn't want to kill, she just wanted to save herself and her friend, and Storm and Gambit are both pretty much resigned to the sun killing them, 
and then all of a sudden uh, Iceman shows up crossover where the sun would come in because it's only direct sunlight that kills vampires. Of course. And they get saved and it turns out that robotic Groot or robotic Hank figured out a cure so uh, Gambit and Bloodstorm can go out in the sun again. Okay. Like I said, they run out of long-term arcs here. And uh, it turns out that Cloak had absorbed a dagger, and so they're sort of like merged together. As Cloak and Dagger. Yes. And uh, they want to die, but the outcasts are like, no, you're not allowed to die. <laughs> and Dracula decides he's going after Bloodstorm again. So, way back in Canada, Sabretooth, Wolverine, and Wildchild have regained their civility, but Sabretooth is still randomly attacking innocent people because he's an asshole. And uh, Wolverine is trying to stop him. Wolverine ends up in the house of his wife, Mariko, where he ends up meeting his daughter, and he's like, oh, yeah, I really should not be here because this will draw Sabretooth here. And uh, Jean, who had actually fallen in love with Wolverine in this universe because there was no Cyclops for a weird love triangle. <laughs> uh, she ends up sensing him uh, needing help, and so the team decides to fly out, and meanwhile, Sabretooth shows up at the house of Wolverine's family in Canada. Uh-huh. Just Canada. One of the neat things when uh, Chris Claremont was writing X-Men is that, like, he generally had a good understanding of what actual Canada was like. So like when he did Toronto, it wasn't just very Ice. small buildings and snow. And here it's like all the places that they are are long woodlands with like the one like two story normal house in in it for no reason. Like frozen colonial America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so they end up uh, taking Wolverine back. And uh, James Hudson, who is normally Vindicator, uh, who is part of Alpha Flight, but mm-hmm. this universe he's a cyborg. Because, of course, uh, warns Wolverine that Sabretooth is going after his family. They send in Wildchild to try and save him from Sabretooth, but Sabretooth just easily kills Wildchild. So uh, Wolverine and the rest of the team rush back there. Uh, Wolverine saves his family, kills Sabretooth, but they broke Canadian laws by entering uh, Canadian land, and so the government's now after them. Do you want to guess who's on the Avengers in this universe? Um, let's see. Who haven't? So it's probably people we haven't already covered. Mm-hmm. Who is it that we haven't already covered? Um, oh, we covered so many people. Are they? Are there any normal members of the... So, like, Hawkeye, Black Widow. Mm-hmm. That's two um, of them. That's two. There, well, and then there's Captain America, we've already yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. But then there's three more. Okay, three more. Uh, uh, tell me what their genders are. Let's start with uh, that. There's two guys and a woman. Two guys and a woman. Um, Elektra was on the Avengers the whole time, and it was a big secret. <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably someone who's normally a bad guy. Uh, so I'll go with uh, the blob. <laughs> and for the last one, I don't know. <laughs> so it's uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. Hawkeye, Captain America, but he's still with the six. 
Then there's also Iron Giant Man. <laughs> Based on the movie. Deathlock. How was I supposed to guess these? How was I supposed to guess these? It was the murder of Cyborg and then Typhoid Mary. <laughs> so, the desiccated corpse of a patient from very uh, long ago. a person with comic book split personality disorder who can also light stuff on fire with their mind sometimes. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're a devil villain. <laughs> uh, so uh, they- oh, uh, real fast. Earlier... Uh, Steve, uh, I'm not going to say Steve. Steve <laughs> Rogers said that he wasn't really Steve Rogers. Uh, Captain America is not Steve Rogers. Okay. In so this is not the same. This is different. This is not the same guy. This is a different guy. This is not Steve Rogers. Yeah, this is the okay. Captain America who we've been going right. on all these adventures with. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they're showing up to try and stop the six. And the evil former leader of Weapon X has shown up with his super soldiers that took over Russia, China, and Southeast Asia. And Havoc, Gene, and Wolverine are fighting these guys, and the rest of the six are fighting the Avengers. Uh, uh, Havoc, Gene, and Wolverine are barely able to defeat the super soldiers that took over Russia, China, and Southeast Asia. And they come back and find Captain America, like, sitting, and all around him are the beaten-up X-Men and Avengers. And huh. a swarm of more of the kilotrons that took over Russia, China, and Southeast Asia uh, come in. We find out that something inside the Earth is starting to wake up, and Captain America uh, is a mutant in this universe, and he starts freaking out. And he, like, hulks up and starts psychic blasting the hell out of the uh, Canadian Super Forces. Dude, what? <laughs> okay. Like, he comes... Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Just... He scanners people. Okay. And uh, this causes the thing inside of the Earth to wake up even more. Uh, Havoc goes to try and rescue his teammates from the battleground, but he ends up having to fight Captain America because Captain America's like, This is the American dream! <laughs> And so they end up going into a Dragon Ball Z fight that wakes up the thing inside the Earth even more. And then Havoc, uh, who can, like, absorb ambient energy, has been, like, collecting all the stuff that Captain America has been letting off. He just looses it all on him, and Captain America crumbles into dust. Cool. And as they, like, head back to their base, uh, disasters have started all over Earth. So typhoons, tornadoes, earthquakes... And as soon as they get back, Dracula shows up and fights Havoc. <laughs> yeah. Straight to the point. Yes. Okay. So, last uh, annual, uh, we find out that the thing inside of the Earth was the Beyonder. You know what the Beyonder is? Oh, oh that's, uh, that's a guy that wears all white, is real powerful. Big Michael Jackson here. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, turns out he is destroying the Earth. Partially so he can be worshipped as a god, but the one thing that he really wants is Havoc. Why? Because Havoc is not from this world. Makes sense. And so the heroes are trying to stop the Beyonder. Uh, Spider-Man teams up with Thor in this universe. Do you want to guess what Thor is like? Um, he's an alien with a big orange nose. No. <laughs> uh, he is Donald Blake, who's not actually Thor, but he is a insane Book of Revelation-style creature. Okay. Who believes that he has committed a great sin by believing he was Thor. 
Okay. Incidentally, I remember earlier, the Watcher beat the shit out of the Gladiator to uh, protect oh, yeah. him. That so, never comes back. Well, what was the... Well, I guess that means that the Watcher must have known what would happen. What happened yada, 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 to yada. Nick Fury? What happened... Oh, he's... Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Hitler Youth. Uh, there is, like, a one-sentence explanation where Professor Xavier was making everyone just really hateful again, and so that's why Nick Fury and all of them went back to trying to kill people, but they still don't show up again. <laughs> like, it is so frustrating trying to figure out why they do things. Yeah, well, darts aren't always as reliable as you'd like them to be. Yeah. You're throwing a mad dartboard. So, the team... Uh, so, like, the Beyonders just wiping out team after team. Like, we see Daredevil and the Lethal Legion show up and they get killed. Like, a panel later. Uh, the Six end up finding Havoc, who's all the Beyonder really wants at this point. And all of the remaining heroes in the world who are not with uh, Havoc charge at the Beyonder and they get fried. Well... Uh, meanwhile, Magneto and the X-Men show up to try and help Havoc, and uh, then Dracula shows up and starts killing people. And, like, at this point, have you heard about Ultimatum? Uh, no. It's a comic where so many of the pages are just pointless death after pointless death after pointless death. And this is just like that, where you have a whole bunch of like characters who are cool, or you may have liked we're just dying without any moments of grief or passing or peace. So it's just a brutal carnage without emotion. Oh, it's a person so powerful. Mm-hmm. You, they can do this. Okay. Yep. So, final issue starts, and Beyonder is trying to get Havoc. He's, like, calling out for Havoc as Magneto's cradling his dying daughter. Doctor Strange shows up with Magneto to talk to Havoc, and... Uh, Dracula decides, oh yeah, this Beyonder wants Havoc. I know where Havoc is. And so he makes a deal with the Beyonder where he'll help him find Havoc in exchange for all of the blood from the people who are getting killed. Because, you know, that's all Dracula wants. Uh, Doctor Strange brings uh, himself, Magneto, and Havoc to the North Pole where they reveal Magneto's Citadel of Seclusion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, Doctor Doom leads a charge of the Eternals and the Inhumans, who, they're all, like, the standard versions of those characters. Like, there's nothing special, there's nothing weird, and they immediately die. Uh, Strange realizes he needs as much help as he can get, so he summons Reed Richards, Professor Xavier, the Fallen, and Baron Mordo, who... Yeah. 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 Uh... Who reveals that, uh, like they all get together into a sort of evil huddle. They reveal that when Havoc tried to blow up the Nexus of All Realities, turns out that he became the Nexus of All Realities. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that, so wherever he goes is Florida? Yes. Okay. And that when Havoc fought uh, Captain America, it ended up causing the remaining. Goblin Force to merge with the beaten parts of the Beyonder from when the heroes had beaten them up before. Mm-hmm. And so Havoc uh, decides to uh, go and fight while getting supercharged by everyone else. Like they're all hooked into pods that are giving Havoc more energy. And Dracula's like, oh, 
this would be a great time to feed on all of these people. And then Bloodstorm <laughs> just sneaks up behind and murders him. Finally killing her uh, vampire sire. Oh. But once again, it's like a panel and then it's like, oh, we, we don't get any, like... No satisfaction. Yeah. And so Havoc shows up and the Beyonder immediately turns into Goblin Queen again and tries to convince Havoc to stay. Uh, Havoc is able to somehow separate Madeline from the Goblin Force and then kills the Goblin Force and then ends up floating in a void again like he was at the start of the comic before he came into the universe. What? The end. Wait. <laughs> Wait. What happened to the Beyonder? Because that was Madeline. Uh, the Beyonder is like original shell from when it had been beaten up. Mm-hmm. Had merged with the Goblin Force. But when Havoc showed up, the Goblin Force turned into Madeline and... Uh, the Goblin Queen. Havoc was able to separate Madeline from the Goblin Queen. Mm-hmm. And uh, Madeline like, gets back with Scotty at the end and Havoc destroys the Goblin Force. Okay. Just like it was surely destroyed last time. Uh, no, this is like fully, <laughs> yeah. fully destroyed. Okay. Yeah. And that is Mutant X. What an adventure. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> it should have ended with the first arc. Yeah, that that made more sense, I suppose. Well, like there, they were actually building to something. Yeah, they had they had a distinct plan when this was kind of hodgepodge. Yeah, like part of the problem was that the book was selling so well that they wanted to keep it running, and then it stopped doing well, and they ended it mm. with good reasons. I mean, they had to change so much stuff; they put in the back and. A lot of the characters were really underserved. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, I could rank this on Trials of the Multiverse. And like I said, I previously recorded this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of this series at all. <laughs> yeah, this, this, you've not convinced me to want to read it. Yeah. No, <laughs> now I, I don't have to. I had friends who were like... Well, I have a person I knew who was like, oh yeah, it's a really good series. It's not, or it does not hold up to whatever they read it. Yeah. So Earth 1298 Mutant X is going on spot number 82. Right between the Antelope Men universe and the Age of Ultron. <laughs> I, I so you said this start this um, started in nineteen eighty four? Nineteen ninety eight. Excuse me, nineteen ninety eight. When did it end? 2001. Okay. That's quite a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it had a really good run. For yeah, it seems like it. It was. Huh. That seems like a, certainly a fair placement of this. Yeah. I, I'm not sure why people like it as much as they do. Because, I mean, I I obviously like alternate universes, and this oh, one of has course. some interesting ideas, but... There was no real payoff for them. There was no like concise narrative, and it went on so long that you saw how underdeveloped most of these ideas were. <laughs> yeah. So, so we talked about some of the more negative aspects about this. What is it that you did enjoy? What is it that you really liked out of this? Ah, uh, I did sort of like the havoc and Electra romance. So there's never any payoff for that. Of course. Beyond like one kiss. 
and then it pretty much gets sidelined. Uh, Just an emotional affair. Oh, this is the best Cyclops that has come along <laughs> so far because he's a he actually awesome has some, space pirate. Some humor to him and not just sadness and tactician Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, and the Nazis, Jack and Diane. <laughs> what? What? Uh, I, well, I suppose like the the idea would be like, oh, so American. You mm-hmm. want real American focus, and like that that makes sense to me. Just like it's kind of like the patriotism, nationalism being put into that. So it would certainly make sense to have like poster children like. Well, yeah. Jack and Diane, American, America. Yeah, that makes and sense. then they vanish. <laughs> they, they stop becoming important. All of it stops being important. Everything is horrible. <laughs> Nick Fury is hanging out in Florida again. Yep. Uh, we assume. Oh, yeah, I mean, you have to go back to where your first mission was, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're just exhausted at this point. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. like, this was longer than the first time that I went over it, but it, it, it helped to go through this with a friend. Just because it's just frustrating, <laughs> and yeah. someone can understand, like, that, that's, not a, that's not a perfect narrative decision, or at least something that's, uh, well, I think we understand why they made those decisions. It sold well, they wanted to continue yeah, but... with the brand. <coughs> they they just needed someone with a better long-term vision. I mean, they could have turned Professor X into a really good long-term vision for the entire second year and had him using Nick Fury to build fear and, like, continue to use that. But instead, it was, like, every three issues is a new storyline. Yeah. And that, that wouldn't be as bad if they hadn't started out with a, a longer, thought-out plot mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was some good stuff. Uh, the first annual, I really liked the art in it. Uh, that was uh, Press Chalice uh, Ferry, who was doing the pencils. And, uh, like, that one, the writing was really good. That was the one with, like, Yellow Jacket and Stingray and the Defenders and uh, Jay Faberber. Jay Faberber was on the writing, yes. <laughs> Like, that was one of the few points where I made a note of, oh, yeah, this one is really good. But, like, most of the time, it was very 90s, as mm-hmm. far as the art goes. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go for a good lay down at this point. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, coming up later this week, I have two episodes with Al Ewing, uh, who... Has written Judge Dredd. He's also done several Marvel series that I've enjoyed, including Captain America and the Mighty Avengers, Captain Britain and the Mighty Defenders, uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard, and more. So one episode is me sitting down with him to talk about the Thor. Uh, or one of the episodes is me talking to him about the Judge Dredd analogs that I that we both love in the Marvel universe. And then the second one is him talking about his upcoming series, Contest of Champions, where we find out. Which characters he's going to try and get made into hero clicks by adding them back into Marvel continuity. <laughs> Very nice. Congratulations on your big get. Yes. Me. And, well, I guess this yes. other guy, too. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out uh, more about the uh, 
podcast, see old episodes, see the image galleries that we have going along with each episode, mm-hmm. you can go to multiversalq.com. If you have questions, comments, inquiries, or you want to tell me I'm absolutely wrong about Mutant X, there are several ways you can contact me. If you want to contact me through the show, there is multiversalq at gmail.com, multiversalq at Twitter. We also have a Facebook, a Tumblr, and uh, we're also on Libsyn now as our podcast host. Mm-hmm. And if you personally want to contact me, I am at Coltrag on Twitter. If you personally want to contact Devin, he is at Fred Ophet, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. And Jay, do you have any social medias that people can reach out to you? Yes, when you have complaints, <laughs> <laughs> make sure to uh, visit my Twitter, at Jay Dawson, which I seldomly update whenever I do. It's me telling my brother to stop tweeting at me. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, thank you very much for being a fill-in host. You definitely made this less painful. <laughs> and your mind now has very pointless information in it. <laughs> well, I was thoroughly entertained by this. Thank you for uh, allowing me the opportunity to be on the podcast and to uh, listen to your semi-rant about Mutant X. Yes. Uh, until later this week and then next week when we'll be going back to our favorite team, the Exiles. Uh, this has been Multiversal Q, and I'm thank dead. you for listening. Yes. <laughs> With that, peace.